Oh, I'm going to behave myself. I'm not going to do any of that this morning. You've heard I sure have learned to love you, which being interpreted means after three years and 450 lessons, I sure have learned to love you, but I didn't take any lessons. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1. I'm going to overlap some things I said last year. For two reasons. One is you probably don't remember it if you were here. And two is if you weren't here, you need to hear it. <clears throat> I got a call one day in my study and was informed that Jamie. been diagnosed as having cancer. Jackie and Jamie had spent the night in our home just a few weeks previous to that, and Jamie had uh, quietly referred to some strange sensations going on in his body. And I was stricken that afternoon as we talked on the phone. Maybe the same day, a friend of mine, another friend of 30-some years, was diagnosed as having cancer as well. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because the message that I'm preaching to you today came out of those days in which I was smitten and grieved and angry with disease seemed to be shortening the lives of God's people. And I asked the Lord for help, for understanding. And he began to take me back to a message that I began to preach a number of years ago on the power of the Word of God, the power of the Word of God, the power of the speaking Word of God. And I began to study it, and it began to come alive in me, and I shared it with both of them at various times. In fact, when Jackie, I believe, and Bonnie were in the waiting room while Jamie was having critical surgery in Houston, Texas, seeing that the operation would lengthen, I left them and drove an hour south to visit this other friend. I walked in his room and said, uh, are, are you through? Are, are you finished with life? He was dying. It looked like he was dying. And uh, he said, no, I'm not. I want to live. And I said, then don't die. I forbid you to die one minute before it's time. And I have a word for you. In Psalm 139, I believe it's 15. It says, in thy book all my days were written before there was one of them. So God has written all your days. Don't let anything shorten it. He was surprised, and I began to share with him what God had begun to share with me about the Word of God and the power of the Word of God. And I heard Jamie stand later and preach to say that he was alive by the Word of God. I joined with Jackie in the mystery that he died. It has not dampened my confidence in the power of the Word of God for every day he enjoyed. He enjoyed on the basis of the Word of God. So what I'm sharing with you today came out of that experience. Just a few weeks after Jamie went to heaven, my other friend who happened to be an author as well, James Mahoney, 
uh, went to heaven, but lived quality time, quality life, and productive because of the power of the Word of God. I'm glad this is the turnaround time because I think it's time to uh, put some teaching into shoe leather, into life. I expect something to happen to every one of us today in this time frame. It's not enough to hear. We've become professional hearers. We're going to get, uh, we're going to jump in the pool and do some swimming today. So I want you to get ready and I want you to understand before we start that there is one primary issue in your life, whatever your situation may be, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God. Say it with me. And so when I ask a question, you'll be right 95% of the time if you'll just say the Word of God. Got it? What is the issue of life on planet Earth? What is the source of all energy, matter, light, life, and time? What guarantee is there, the surety of our salvation? By what means will God bring the world from its present state and the whole universe to its proper intended consummation. What hope do you have for revival? What hope do you have for healing? What hope do you have for salvation? What hope do you have for guidance? What hope do you have for deliverance? What hope do you have for provision? What is the single issue of your situation? I want you to remember that. I want you to be a Johnny One Note about that. I, it is the Word of God that is the pivotal, the central issue of every situation. Now, I'm using this particular story because in my estimation there is none in the Scripture that is more clearly outlined, procedurized, and and uh, clearly presented as this one. And so I want you to begin reading with me in Luke 1, chapter 20, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And you'll recognize quickly where we are. The first reference is a reference backwards, of course, in the sixth month. Now, what is the sixth month? It is the sixth month of um, Elizabeth's pregnancy. And uh, that is the, the time mark. And now Gabriel is making the second visit to the planet. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This kingdom or his kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, Since I am a virgin. Get that. How can this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. If you are here this year, and you do not have a mark in your margin, you fail the 1991 conference. I'm going to ask in just a minute what the literal translation of verse 37 was or is, and uh, you better have it. 38, I am the Lord's servant. Behold the servant of the Lord, Mary answered. May it be unto me as you have said, or according to your word. Then the angel left her. I'm going to talk today about 
how the word becomes flesh, how the promise of God becomes visible reality, how the spoken word of God moves out of the realm of the invisible into the realm of the visible. I am watching church wherever I go. We are long on words. We are woefully short on reality. It sounds so good, but the best part of it for most of us is the sounding of it. Not much happens later. And I have to confess to you that as much as I've studied it and I'm still studying it, it is the passion of my life. I dream about it. I wake up to it. I go to bed with it. I, uh, I, I am consumed by my zeal of the Word of God. But I am not seeing all that I want to see. I believe a whole lot more than I am experiencing, Jim. I confess that. But I'm telling you, the issue of the church today is the Word of God. The living, vital, powerful Word of God. We need not defend the Word of God, declare it, and its defense is built in. And so I want to talk with you, if you will, if you will not consider me crude, I, I want to talk with you specifically about how Mary got pregnant. Now, I, I realize we're in touchy, but we're, we're grown folks. We, we, we know those things, don't we? You won't be embarrassed if we talk about that. You realize that she did get pregnant. There was a time when she wasn't. There was a time when she was. And between those two, there was a time when she got that way, suddenly got that way. You, you realize that, that that's how it happens, don't you? Well, let me try to recreate the scene, and then we'll, we'll move right into it. And I... I want to tell you where I'm headed. And again, don't consider me crude. I, I believe this is the most apt illustration that I could possibly use. I am expecting everybody here to be pregnant before we leave. You sound like the children of Israel murmuring. Imagine three million people murmuring, murmur, murmur, murmur. Now that's what I want to talk with you about. Let's go back for just a minute, talk about Zechariah a little bit. Zechariah and Elizabeth prayed for a child. Child hadn't come, and now they were old, they probably hadn't prayed in a good while about it. <coughs> but God doesn't forget. And he sent an angel to uh, Zechariah's shift, and he said, uh, Zechariah, your prayer's been answered. And he went into detail about this boy that was going to be born, and when he got through, Zechariah said, uh, how can I be sure of this? Now, I won't tell you right away, that's no way to talk to an angel. <laughs> and that is no way to receive the word of God. Sitting there saying, well, I, I don't know about that. How, how can I be sure of that? I'm going to have to go home and think about that. And uh, he said, how can I be sure of this? And then gave a human cause for the unlikeliness of it. Did you get that? Now, you're going to get a word from God today, and the first thing you're going to think of doing is giving God a half dozen reasons why you don't expect it to happen. I mean, that's a nice idea, but blank, 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 blank. I mean, I've had this for 40 years. I mean, the doctor said this. I mean, they're really a bunch of jerks at my church. They're not going to change. You're going to have a reason. And this is what he said. He said, look, how, how do I know you're telling me the truth? Now, notice the words. How do I know you're telling me the truth? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years won't get into that, but uh, he was just really being discreet about what he said. Be careful. He didn't say his wife was an old woman. He said she's well along in years. Now, can you read into what the angel says a little bit of venom, just a little bit of determination? 
<clears throat> the angel answered, let me sort of read it the way I think he may have said it. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. In other words, you blew it, son. But God is going ahead despite your bad reception and do His will, but in order to do it, He's going to have to get your mouth out of the way. Now look straight at me, let me tell you something. Your mouth is one of your biggest problems. I tell you how to almost guarantee you double your faith in a minute. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's simple, isn't it? Just shut up. Well, I know, but shut up. Well, you don't un shut up. You say. Yeah. By the way, I have a feeling that. That uh, I have a friend who taught me this. He, he doesn't like to counsel, and so <clears throat> he counsels in a sentence. So I got with him, and I said, I think you've got something. I, I believe you could cut it down to two words. And, and that way you can get more counseling done and, and, uh, and get right to the point and not waste any time. So uh, I worked him out about 42-word statements. I don't love my wife. That's the problem. Solution? Love her. See, you got it. <laughs> Two words. Isn't that simple? I can't find a job. Get one. I have a bad habit. Quit it. <laughs> you got it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And you, you're going to lose your voice for nine months, Gabriel. Now, I, I don't know whether you've thought about that. I, I've thought about it ever since I've been reading it. And I thought the angel just got miffed. And said, I'll show you, Buster. And shut him up. But that's not it at all. I was standing preaching on it one night, and light came to me. If you have more light, let me know. But uh, that was an act of mercy. Yeah. He said, your mouth is in your way. And it's in our way. Now, if he hadn't lost his voice, he'd have gone home that night and messed the whole thing up. Liz, you're not going to believe what happened to church tonight. Try me. Well, an angel showed up, huh? A talking angel. Yeah, what did he say? You're not going to believe it. Well, try me. I mean, I will, but you're not going to believe it. You ever say something like that, prefacing goodness? You're not going to believe it. Too good to be true. He said, you and I are going to have a baby. I don't believe it. <laughs> he said, I knew you wouldn't. You'd been talked out of it. She got pregnant. There's no doubt that during these days you have heard and will hear the word of God. You will make a serious mistake if you believe that hearing is the end. Now, it's a great blessing, but that's not the end. Now, here comes the same angel six months later and visits Mary. He gives her the message. And she says at the end, 
How can this be? Now look out. We could easily believe that she had the same problem Zacharias had. But the statement is different. How can I know you are telling me the truth is what he said. Or how can I be sure of this? But hers, how can this be? Seeing that I know not a man. I have not had physical relations with a man. A very logical question. For she knew enough about those things to know that the only way babies happened was with a man and with a woman. And so she asked a respectful question. And what she was asking is, I hear what you've said, but between what you've said and the execution the consummation of this situation. There is a vast gulf. How can it be? It has never occurred. Now the first propensity you're going to have is when God speaks to you about your problem is to say, well now, that's, that's impossible. It just doesn't happen like that. And you're going to give a reason why it's not likely. And as far as human, being think, human beings think, it's not likely. Some of you are facing uh, economic disaster unless something happens. Some of the rest of you are facing very great difficulty in your married life. Some of you have lost your prayer life. Some of you are dabbling in the indiscreet. You, you, you're, you're coloring outside the lines of Christian discretion. Last night, of those who came to me, a dozen or so, uh, that there, was a, that there was clearly a, a conviction of sin. Things had been slipping. Something has to happen. And yet, there is this thought. I've been here before. I've heard messages like this before. I've been convicted before. I've been prayed with before. I've been prayed with and I wasn't healed. I've been prayed with and I still have hang-ups. How can this be seeing blank, 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 blank? Now, the answer of Gabriel to Mary is very, very important and I, I want you to hear it. The angel answered. What are the first three words? The Holy Spirit. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit. I think he need not have gone on. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Have you thought, it is never the God in heaven who gives us a problem here. It is always the God who happens to be here. As long as God stays in heaven and rules at long distance, it's all right. But the person representing God who walks among us is always a subject of controversy. Have you, have you looked at that? When God walked clothing himself in the prophets, they were the objects of controversy. When uh, Jesus Christ came and it was God among us, Emmanuel, he was the subject of controversy, the point of contention. And once he left and went into the skies and went home to the Father and sent His Holy Spirit. He's been a subject of contention ever since. And I appreciated what uh, Derek Prince said last night. The church that is not under the leadership of the Holy Spirit is headed for disaster. And I'll tell you, it's clear, it's clearer all the while. Where churches and denominations have stiff-armed the Holy Spirit, disaster is setting in. Catastrophes are occurring. And so she said, how can this be, seeing that I know not a man? In other words, I hear the promise, but I give you an impossibility. It never happens. It's not likely. No, sir, it is biologically impossible. And so... The angel Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit, that's it, because God is here among us in the person of His Spirit, 
God on sight, here and now, present tense, our contemporary living in us, possessing the church, the Holy Spirit. It's not likely, not likely that the church shall make a hairpin turn and come back to reality. But don't count out the Holy Spirit. You may be looking at dead denominations. Don't you pass them by. One touch of God, the Holy Spirit, and things are different. Here is a person who is, who is habitually in failure. Here is a person who is given to the flesh in every way. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit. There need be no explanation. But listen how he works. The Holy Spirit will come up on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One born of you will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, who is said to be barren, is six months along with her child. Now, what is the issue in all of this? I didn't hear you. All right, the issue is the Word of God. In other words, Mary, I have given you a word. I gave a word to Zacharias and Elizabeth, and it worked. She's pregnant in her six months. And then he said it. Verse 37. I do not honestly know how the translators have missed this. Only a few have it. Amplified version has it. Amplified version, the uh, version for the hearing impaired. If you don't get it the first time, you'll get it the third or fourth time because it's going to run, run it by you till you get it. Uh, one of the other versions have it, but most of them miss it. I mean, it's not a wrong translation. It's not a, it's not a translation in that it's a false word. Uh, with God, uh, nothing is impossible. Amen? But the real translation of it tells us why nothing is impossible. Now, how many of you were here last year? Please raise your hand. How many of you wrote in your Bible the true translation? The rest of you get an F. You can have it corrected at the front office if you will bring your Bible and show that you have written this in the margin. Would you please do it? How many of you were not here last year? Get your pencil and write in the margin of your Bible this translation. I would quote it to you in the Greek, but I won't for two reasons. You wouldn't understand it, and I can't. <laughs> but I've read it, and it's there. Here is the literal translation. Verse 37. For no word from God is without power. Did you get that? Put it down. No word from God. God is without power. If you're interested to know, this is one of the 26 obvious usage, usages of rhema. That little word with a rough breather over the first letter, rhema, which we believe to be unlike the logos, the speaking word of God, the saying word of God, the word of God that is alive. No rhema from God is without power. Now listen. The Bible is the Word of God. Don't you let yourself hear me say anything but that. But when the Bible speaks of the Word of God, it is speaking of far more than a book. Now, you'll need to get bothered about that a little bit. Just get bothered. Just sit there. I'm going to give you time to get bothered. In fact, I'm going to say something bolder than that. As far as I am able to determine, there is not a reference to the Word of God in the Bible that is a clear-cut reference to a document per se. Most of the time, when the Bible refers to itself, of course, that's impossible, because when the Bible was written, there wasn't a Bible. You understand that? I mean, it didn't come till later. And so, you know, Mary didn't have Luke. You understand that? She didn't say, well, hold it just a minute. Oh, yes, it says here in Luke 1. She didn't have it. So what was the Word of God to her? The Word of an angel direct from the heart of God to her. Do you understand that? All right. 
Well, let me, let me pursue this just a little bit for, for the few that are still bothered. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Reference to a document? No, no. Reference to the voice of God that said, Let there be light. Let the firmaments be divided. Let the, and everything he spoke, every time he spoke, something happened, something happened, something happened. He said it and it was so. He commanded it and it stood steadfast. The Word of God, don't complicate it. The Word of God is the Word of God, what God says. This is the Word of God written down. But when the Spirit of God gets onto this Word of God as it is preached by the men and women of God, there is the power of God on it. I, I don't want you to make the Bible more than it is. Don't make it less than it is. It is a book. But when the Spirit of God gets on the truth of this book, there is a living dynamic, the same power that created the universe, the same power that holds it in motion, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Word of God. The Word of God. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. The Word of God, the rhema of God, the speakingness of God. I'm in the process of finishing a book on this. The second chapter is what I call the hovering heresy. There is a heresy that has floated over the head of the church for centuries. It is this heresy. It never quite lights. They don't teach it at the seminaries. We just assume it. It was, it was only a few years ago that I really became convinced that this was so. We have a book, a wonderful book, but a book. We believe that, there, that God used to talk and that God talked until they began to write down what He said. And one day, they closed the canon of Scripture and God closed His mouth and said, Now I've told you all I'm going to tell you. You have my book now. I'm not going to talk anymore. And 50 to 70 percent of the body of Christ today is living under that heresy. But listen to me, God has never been silent and God has never been motionless. He is neither mute nor motionless. He is a speaking God. He is a disclosing God. He did not write a book and have a stroke. He, he has a book for us, albeit perfect, albeit flawless, but He still talks. You wouldn't pay me a compliment, nor Dudley, nor Derek, nor Bob, if you said, now, fellas, I have read your book. I believe everything from cover to cover. And because I do, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. <laughs> well, friends like you, I don't need. Now let me tell you something. There is not a person here who cannot hear from God. You say, well, where, that, that makes us... That puts us in a position to appreciate the Bible less. Oh no, I want to tell you something. After three years of intense study and writing and poring over this, I want to tell you this. I have more respect for the Word of God written than I've ever had. I believe more than I've ever believed that when it says something, friends, you can take it to the bank. You can, you can bank on it. When God says Pride goes before destruction. I want to tell you what it means. Are you ready for this? It means that pride goes before destruction. That's what it means. It means what it says. You don't have to have a thick book to comment on it. It means what it says. Not nine times out of ten, not 999 times out of a thousand. It means what it says. You have God's Word on it. Now, wait a minute. For many of you, much of the time, that's all you need. But every once in a while, you will run into a situation where you need a fresh word from God. Now, most of the time what he'll do is move upon a passage in this Scripture. And he will make it yours. I praise the Lord for all the faith teaching. I praise the Lord for... I just, I praise the Lord for it all. I, I, folks said, oh, don't get off the deep end. Hey, I haven't seen people getting deep enough to get off the deep end. Just don't worry about it. I, I don't know why we're writing all the books against what people are saying. I've been blessed by those that, that are considered almost heretics. 
But I want to tell you something. Well, I'll just give you a passage. God put in the Bible just last year. <laughs> I don't know whether you have one of those or not. I, I do. I have one of those. I think it's an expandable version. Sure. But I want to read you something. You make fun of the say it and get it, boys. You, you, you talk about the, the, the uh, blab it and grab it, folks. Let me tell you something. They've got some truth. At the seminary, we used to, we used to joke about Oral Roberts. You know what our reply was? Where's your prayer tower? <laughs> Looks like his working. <clears throat> but there do need to be some cautions. And here it is. I'm not going to tell you where it is. I'm going to let you find it. <laughs> but this will save you a lot of headache. Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Your Bible have that in it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good shall come? Now, you have no business to speak it and expect to have it if you haven't heard it. You can't indiscreetly come up with something you thought about and speak it and hope to get it. You slip into the cycle of God's power, the procedure of God's moving, when you speak what you have heard. I'll tell you where it is. I'll give you a break. That's Lamentations 3, 37 and 38. But what gave Mary the power was this. She heard him say, No word from God is without power. All right. Now this is the turning point of this message. I want you to listen very closely. This is where you'll get it or miss it. How many times have you been to a conference? Loaded up. I mean your axles were bent as you went away on Sunday uh, or whenever the conference was over and you lost it in a matter of days. Now this, this is why you have. I want you to listen. Very closely. Here we are. Here is the Word from God. The Word from God. The Word that set the universe in motion. The Word that holds the worlds together. This all-powerful Word out of the womb of which were born time and life and energy and matter and, and all that was ever brought into reality. What is the source of all reality? What is the essence of all reality? How is the world held together? What is the issue of salvation? Now we have the Word of God and the woman of God standing face to face. The Word has said you are going to be impregnated and you're going to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. The one whose kingdom will be eternal. And Mary is standing there, surely in somewhat of a shock. And this is the, majest the majestic, the marvelous moment of history. The promise, Jesus is going to be born of you. And here it is. She's not pregnant. She is still a virgin. And there you are, listening to a promise of God. It's incredible to you. It's unbelievable to you. And you're thinking what she's thinking. Never happened before. Not likely it's going to happen now. And you say, how can this be seeing that? It's never been any different all my life. You, you just don't have babies any other way. I hear your promise and I respect it. But how can it be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. No rhema from God is powerless. 
Now, not all of it was said. Some of it you need to imagine. And so, a human cooperative and a divine promise get together. Mary says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. What was she saying? I live for one reason. My body belongs to you. I have one purpose on this planet. That is to be an extension of the divine plan. Here I am. I am from the tips of my fingers, from the bottom of my feet, to the crown of my head, available to you. So far she has done two things. And I want you to do two things. She heard the Word of God. Are you listening? I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you one word, counsel, on how to receive God's Word. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want to guarantee it'll work every time. Listen! You say, I did, but it didn't work. You didn't listen long enough. Listen. Wait before God. It may take hours before the raucous cries that you've been accepting die out. When all these voices get to absolutely convicted that you're going to quit listening to them, they'll get quiet. Listen. And so she heard because she listened. You don't have a hearing problem. You have a listening problem. You don't have a seeing problem. Uh, you have a looking problem. If you look, you'll see. If you listen, you'll hear. So uh, she heard the Word of God. Are you listening to him? Has he said something to you these days? Do you know where in all probability he's trying to talk to you? Where you're having the most trouble right now? That's the reason he's letting it happen. He's trying to get your attention. Does he have it? Listen to him. It may be something one of us says. It may be a, a scripture. It may be just a word that slams into your soul. But uh, you hear. Secondly, she received. She received. Now that's what she was doing. She could have done a dozen other things. She could have said, well, I just can't believe all this. I'm going to have to go home and think about it. That's what we do often. Preacher says something. God speaks to us. We say, God, I'm going to have to go home and think about it. Now, But for the benefit of those who weren't here, we need to do it again. Look at me, let me ask you. Do, do you have any idea that we have to understand everything to benefit from it? Silliest thing I ever heard. If you waited until you understood electricity to turn on another light, you'd live the rest of your life in darkness. <laughs> if you waited until you understand how sound wave travels and can be picked up by an instrument called a radio, you would never listen to another radio. And God help us over television, you'd, it'd probably be better if you wouldn't watch another television. But you don't understand it. Now why, when we take benefit from things we do not understand in an earthly frame, do we have to insist on understanding something when God says it? You don't understand salvation. So you're going to go home and think about it. I want to save you some time. Don't waste time thinking about it. Besides all that, let me ask you a question. If you're going home and think about it, what are you going to think about it with? That's the answer. 
Did it ever occur to you that nothing had ever occurred to God? He just knows. He started out knowing. He's never learned a thing. I know, I've tried to teach him. I've proposed to share with him some things I thought he had forgotten. He's unteachable. <laughs> he knows everything. And when he tells you something, you don't need to mess it up by thinking about it. <laughs> I see this bumper sticker. I, I believe it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm sorry, but that's incorrect. God said it, and he didn't have to hang around for three or four thousand years to wait to see whether you believed it until it was true. It was true when he said it, and if you say, I, listen, God said it, I believe it, that settles it for me. No, don't have to go home and think about it. Just receive it. I'm so absolutely certain of what I'm saying this morning that I'll tell you what I'll do. If you'll take it, and if by some slim chance it turns out not to be true, I'm going to ask God to leave you alone take it up with me. Is that fair? And just don't let your soul hear you say, well, I don't know. We'll have to go home and think about it. Just don't bother. Do you think Mary was a little incredulous at all of this? I mean, folks, he loaded her up. She was planning to get married. It just wasn't cool in those days to be pregnant before you were married. Don't you imagine what went on in her pure, innocent soul when she first heard that? You what? I what? You don't, you're not naive enough to believe that she understood it. That she said, oh, Gabriel, that's so nice. <laughs> I just know when I tell Joseph, he's going to just be so excited. <laughs> and I know mom and dad are going to be so proud of me. <laughs> and I'm going to be the envy of my Jewish friends. She was shocked. But let me tell you. She said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. She received the word of God. But wait a minute. She wasn't pregnant yet. Wasn't pregnant. Then she opened her mouth and said, Be it unto me according to your now, there's no Bible verse for this but I want to tell you what I believe that no sooner than the last letter passed her lips than something happened between heaven and earth and as quick as a flash as quick as a thought, Mary was pregnant. Because the Word of God had been received into her womb. Her egg was fertilized by the Word of God. And it was God's Word. A supernatural word. You got a hint of that in Luke 8, 11. It says, you want to understand this parable? If you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. Here is the meaning of the parable. The seed, the speros, or the spermos, the sperm is the word of God. 
The sperm is the Word of God. Mary, Mary, if you understood, you would know. When God says something, honey, it is God's life in it. And God's life in it is inherent. God's life is inherent in God's Word. And when God's Word speaks, there is a potential of life. Because the Word was the seed from which sprang all that has ever come. All of time, all of life, all of energy, all of matter, all of light. And in that one majestic moment, she conceived because she spoke in agreement with God's Word and she was impregnated. Now, you've gotten pregnant before on the Word of God. You've heard a promise, but you didn't know what to do with it. You took it to the reason room. You began to say, I wonder what happened. I'm going to have to think about it. You discussed it with uh, somebody else. You sent words into your delivery room. And the newborn was born dead. Or there was a miscarriage. Or an abortion. I want to tell you, demons of abortion are doing more than killing babies. They're killing spiritual dreams. They're killing spiritual words. If you get pregnant today on the Word of God, and I trust you will, there are two imminent dangers. One is that there will be in you the insufficient conditions conducive to giving birth, carrying full term, and you'll cause a miscarriage, and it will be as if you never heard the word. Or if you get among the unbelieving, and you allow them to use instruments of untruth and deception, that word can be aborted. There is one other thing you need to be knowledgeable of. She heard, she received, she confessed. Now she's pregnant. Read the rest of it. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby, oh, by the way, if you have any doubt about abortion, there is no difference in biblical truth in a preborn baby and a born baby. The word is the same word. She brought forth her firstborn babe and laid him in a manger. That's brephos, and the baby, six months of fetus, leaped in her womb. He was somebody. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now get this. You'll get pregnant on the Word of God. You'll obey the instincts of your life filled with God. And it won't be long until there is a confirmation. Get it. In a loud voice, Elizabeth, who didn't know a thing that had gone on. I mean, there were no telephones. You understand that? She hadn't sent a telegram. I'm pregnant, coming to you immediately. Glad you are. She took off for the hill country, greeted Elizabeth, and immediately the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, and listen to what she said. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why am I so favored that the mother of our Lord should come to see me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the babe in my, leam, in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will come to pass. Confirmation immediately. And if that were not enough, Mary broke out. I mean, she got a case of it. 
Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name, and so on and so on. This is what I want you to see, and this is where you're standing. The Word of God is coming to you. There is an impossible situation. There is a challenge. God has set it up. The Word of God, the need of the human life, the Word of God, the need, the Word of God, the impossibility. Now the human instrument says, in the face of the Word of God, I have heard, I have received, this is your body. I have no reason on this planet but to extend the wishes of the Father. Now be it unto me according to your Word, impregnated immediately, then obedience allowing God to confirm a continuing obedience. Now in this crowd today, there are all kinds of needs. Is there anybody here who doesn't have one? If you don't have one, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. <laughs> We're going to pray God gives you a big one before noon today. We don't want you to be left out. Let me just classify those under about five headings right quick. Some may need salvation. What's the issue of salvation? Yeah. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's as close as you are to redemption right now. As close as you are to eternal life. Just say yes to Him. Or be it unto me according to thy word. Can you say that? Be it unto me according to thy word. Amen. Amen. Then there are those, those who need uh, healing, physical healing, or emotional healing. Healing. How many of you are aware that uh, there is some physical or emotional disorder? And if it were all the same to God, you wouldn't mind Him healing you today. Would you raise your hand, let's see, all over this crowd? No, it's fine. Okay. Do you know it's no big, no big deal to God to heal? Not at all. And what is the issue of healing? What did the Word of God say about healing? He who died for your sins also died for your infirmities. By his stripes you are healed. I don't know. I don't know all that that means. Until I find different, I'm going to conclude that it means what it says. And the Word of God is medicine to all your flesh. And I just want you to receive it today. Guidance. How many of you are at a crossroads? Somebody said last night in prayer, I'm at a crossroads, don't know what to do, don't know what the, uh, where this path will lead, so I just need guidance. How many of you need guidance? Deliverance. How many of you need deliverance? Some of you need deliverance from lying, don't you? <laughs> deliverance. <laughs> how, many, how many of you need encouragement? You're just downcast a bit. You need encouragement. What is the issue of encouragement? What have you missed in discouragement? The Word of God. The Gospel is good news. Doesn't cease being good news when you get saved. How many of you need provision? Some provision. You run out of something. Need provision. Well, I want you to stand up with me. We're going to, we're just right here going to jump in the pool. We're going to just be willing to get impregnated. Preaching some time ago in Kentucky, well, in Ohio, preacher I'm talking about was in Kentucky. Came up to me after a meeting like this and was so excited. I mean, he got it. He said, glory to God, hallelujah. Preacher, I'm going home and tell my people Sunday I got pregnant at this conference. <laughs> I said, well, uh, maybe you uh, ought to sort of give them some background. But I somehow knew it'd be all right. I got a letter from him three weeks later. This is what he said. Listen to me. He said, I'm that preacher that came up to you and told you I was going to tell my people I got pregnant at this conference. He said, I got home decided not to tell them until I started showing.
He said it wasn't long. It wasn't long. It'll be long with you. I want you to get pregnant with healing. I want you to get pregnant with deliverance. I want you to get pregnant with encouragement. I want you to get pregnant with guidance. Heads bowed. Just want you to say it after me. Behold the servant of the Lord. Lord, here I am. Be it unto me according to thy word. Say it again. Be it. One more time. I speak in behalf of him. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we have what we ask of him. The seed of healing has hit the egg of your faith and you have conceived Nurture it. Praise God for it. Until such time as the Word will have done its work. Give it all the time it requires. Feed it your praise and your faith. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the power of your Word. Thank you that it is both alive and energetic sharper than a two-edged sword, able to get to the heart of the matter, to the line that divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In Jesus' name, amen.